What's up, family? And welcome to the Mastering Love and Life podcast with your host, Clifton Brantley. That's me. Welcome to episode two of season two. Yeah, episode two of season two. Listen, in this episode, man, I really want to talk to the fathers, right? I want to talk to the fathers. The name of this episode, I'm going to name it, I'm going to name it Father to Son, what it means to be a father, right? Let's talk about what it means to be a father in 2023. Um, you know, in this day and age, even though, even though we humans are raised for connection, like God, God created us human beings to connect with, with, with other human beings, right? You got, you have needs, you have, you need, you have a need for food, water, shelter, and bonding. Like we have to bond with other human beings. But even though that's part of our design, we're designed for connection. But the way we raise our boys, we raise them for disconnection. What do I mean by when I say that, when, I, when we raise them for disconnection? I mean, we raise boys to be men who cannot connect with other women, I mean, with women, and a lot of times other men, at least not at a deep level. Why? Because so it's no, it's no, it's not, an, it's not a fluke or it's not an exception when you see a man walking around with a mask. And I don't mean a physical mask. I mean, like, you know, a man is hiding. The overwhelming majority of men on the planet walk around with masks on. We don't even know how to be authentic. We don't know how to be human. We don't know how to deal with our emotional baggage, right? And so uh, with my son having his first son about three weeks ago, I felt like this was a good time to talk about this topic of uh, raising a son in 2023. Uh, and not just 2023, but in this day and age, right? Because we got to do better. If we don't do better, we're going to keep getting what we've been getting. And what we've been getting is a lot of uh, toxic masculinity, a lot of abuse, right? And then these boys get to adulthood and they're still boys. They're not men because they did not have a man to help them mature. You know, I used to hear the, I used to hear the saying when I was younger that, you know, a, a woman cannot raise a boy into a man. And I used to disagree, disagree with that. I used to. I, I don't know. I don't know if I disagree with that anymore. I, I think that might, it may be some truth to it, right? It may be some truth to it because it's not just about teaching. Like a, a wife or a mom can teach their son lessons, but what she can't do is model it for him. And so that's why the father is crucially important in the life of his son, because you're the one that your son is going to look up to as far as how to do life on this planet, at least for a good while. So your relationship with your son is either going to be a blessing or a curse. That's it. That's all. There's no in between. It's going to be a blessing or a curse. And so my goal is to help you be a blessing to your son. Okay. Um, now, in order for you to give your son the best of you, you, sir, have to be committed to personal development. Like there's, there, there's, no, there's, no, there's no way to get around that. You have to be committed to personal develop, you, development. You have to deal with your stuff. If, if you don't deal with your stuff, you are going to poison your son with the stuff that is going on in you that's unresolved. Okay, so let me share with you these 10 things that I came up with um, that I want you to be aware of and pay attention to focus on. Right. When you are when you are parenting. Now, there are way more than 10 things you need to know as a father. Okay, these are just the 10 I picked for this particular episode. But trust and believe there's a whole lot more that goes into raising a father. But I do believe these are some of the important things. I, I, I think these are some of the things that. If we address these, we're at least setting a good foundation and we're on the right track, okay? These 
what I'm sharing with you in this episode, let me tell you the perspective it comes from. Uh, it comes from the perspective of me as a son, me as a father, and me as a therapist. Okay, father, son, therapist. Those are the perspectives I'm using because those are the three perspectives that I have lived myself and been through. And so I'm, I'm going to pull from that wisdom, share these things with you, and hopefully it's a blessing for you. But before I tell you some things that you should do, it, let me tell you what not to do. Do not parent out of fear. You know, I don't want my son to grow up to be this or that. And then so that's going to then dictate how you raise your son. So when you do that, you're more likely to harm him. So don't don't do that. Okay, don't do not parent out of fear. Fear and love cannot flow in the same direction at the same time. It's, it's not possible. Fear is opposite of, of love. So make sure you don't parent in fear. And I'm not going to go deep into that because uh, there's a whole lot of ways you can parent in fear. But just, you know, just try to make sure you're not doing that. And then also, too, if you, if you are trapped in what I call toxic masculinity, where, you know, uh, men supposed to be tough, men supposed to uh, be silent, men not supposed to cry, if, if, if that's you, don't give that to your son. Please raise your son to be a human being. Watch this. If you raise your son to be a healthy human being, God has already taken care of the male and female part. If you raise him as a healthy young boy, I mean, as a healthy human being, he's going to grow from a boy to a man because God already did that part. But anyway, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But yeah, just, you know, do something about the toxic masculinity. That's kind of like a pet peeve of mine. You know, these men walking around saying that they are alpha men. What, what are you talking about? Like, what, do you, what are you really talking about? You're not a lion. There's no such thing as alpha man. And I, I don't care who's listening to me. If you disagree, fine. Like, let's talk about it. Prove to me that there's a such thing as an alpha man or woman or whatever. Right? Y'all made that up. It's not, it's not a part of our design. That's what I'm saying. Okay? Uh, alpha man is no more real than uh, a GQ man. Now, when I say that, like, you know, we know what GQ means, but that ain't God's design is what I'm saying. Like, like every man don't have to be that. And I know you're saying, you know, every man's not an alpha male. Here's what I found about, found about alpha male since we, you know, since I brought it up. What I found about alpha men or the people that call themselves that, they are overly aggressive with women. But inside, they are extremely insecure. They are little boys. Now, they may fight you at the drop of a dime, right? They may do aggressive things, but that comes from a broken and wounded place, not a healthy place. Listen. I don't know a more masculine man, a more, a more, oh, let me, I'm sorry, let me say it this way. I don't know a more alpha man, if there was going to be one, than Jesus. And he did not walk around with, you know, uh, testosterone, an extra, extra carton of testosterone, just, you know, just drinking that all day so he could be aggressive and mean, like, you know, they, anyway. Let's, let's get to the topic, right? Um, raising a son in this day and age. So I'm going to give you these 10 things. Here's these 10 things. I think this is going to be a short episode, uh, but I just wanted to give this to you. And then, um, you know, get ready for the next episode. I guess I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> let's go to it. So here's the first thing. Um, as a father, make it your business to raise an emotionally intelligent son. An emotionally intelligent son. What is emotional intelligence? So emotional intelligence is when you understand emotions, understand what they mean and what the purpose of them is, is are, are. Let's say are. So the thing about emotions, emotions are just signs, right? What I feel is real, but what I feel, if I misinterpret what I feel, uh, it's going to determine how I label the emotion 
And when I am emotionally intelligent, I'm less likely to mislabel emotions. See, the way we raise boys now, the way we raise boys now, we primarily, um, we primarily expect them to just follow our footsteps. And so the way we raise boys, everything goes into the angry category. That's why you have so many men. Let me see. You have so many men who don't know what they feel inside, don't know what's going on in their inner life. And uh, the only emotion that they can express is anger. So when they feel alone, anger comes out. When they feel abandoned, anger comes out. Disrespected, anger comes out, right? Because that's the only emotion they were really allowed to, to have. So when you're raising your son with emotional intelligence, what you're going to do, you, number one, you're going to allow him to have all of the emotions that come with being a human being. Do not dismiss now one of his emotions, right? Let that brother, let, let him be afraid if he's afraid. Let him be insecure if he's insecure. Telling him not to be that is not the answer. Now, you can model for him how to navigate through those emotions, but telling him don't be afraid, especially, and I'm talking about, you know, early on at a certain age, he can't process that. When you tell me don't be afraid and I am afraid, so then now I don't know how to be human. So automatically I have to create a false self because you have disapproved, invalidated my authentic self. Now, I don't know I'm doing that, but that's what happens in childhood. So the first thing, raise your child, raise your son with emotional intelligence. But like I said, that means you have to be emotionally intelligent yourself. Okay, you got to have you got to have some emotional intelligence and uh, emotional in, emotional intelligence doesn't mean that I don't feel the pain or I don't feel the negative feelings or whatever, but it means that I understand why I feel it. I understand why I feel it. So make sure you validate his emotions and help him understand what the emotions mean as opposed to teaching him how to suppress them, right? When you look at your life, you probably can recognize, hey, you know, I learned to suppress most of my emotions. Don't put that on him, okay? That's not, that's not, uh, that's not healthy. Okay. So number two is, is, is similar, but it's different. Make sure that you promote emotional maturity. Make sure you promote emotional maturity. Now, emotional maturity is about how I respond to my pain and emotions, right? So the intelligence piece is understanding what it is and what it means but the maturity part is how I respond to it. And we have far too many men that do not know how to respond to what they're feeling. And so, again, it's because the only response we was allowed to have is anger. And so most of the time, that's how men respond. So you want to make sure that, that you raise your son with a sense of emotional maturity, you know, teaching them like how to respond when you're angry. How to respond when you feel lonely or when you feel mistreated or disrespected or left out, right? How do you respond to that? Teach your son how to respond to that. But again, you got to know how to respond to it first, okay? Number three, uh, this is, now I will tell you, this has been the, I would say the biggest, the biggest thorn in my flesh when it comes to being a man, um, and, and, and what I'm about to say right now, I'm not blaming my parents at all. Like we already went through that last week, right? <laughs> I'm not blaming my parents at all. Uh, but I do wish I had learned this when I was a child. Here it is. Self-discipline. Like you have to teach your son what it means to be self-disciplined and teach him how to do it, which again means you got to be disciplined but you got to teach your son the value of self-discipline. Without discipline, his life is going to be upside down no matter what else you teach him. You got to teach that brother how to be. So you got to teach him delayed gratification. You got to teach him how to do that. You got to teach him how to delay the immediate reward for a bigger future gain. I, 
when I started getting into um, self-discipline, I was, let me think. I'm sure I, I was I was older than 40, if I'm not mistaken. I was older than 40. And that's, in my opinion, too old to just now be learning about self-discipline. Right? Now, and, and the reason it's not my parents' fault, because again, you know, I hadn't been a child in a long time at that point. Um, but I, I mean, I just, I was ignorant. I did not know of anything of the sorts. And so I didn't even know to seek that. Right. But that's, that's teach your, teach your son self-discipline. Um, but let me speak a little bit more on this one too, because, because, because with self-discipline, I believe that a lot of times good fathers are trying to teach their sons discipline but the way they're doing it is from a toxic place. And so they end up harming the child instead of teaching them something valuable. So when you're teaching your son discipline, number one, uh, this should not, you shouldn't be trying to teach your son self-discipline before the age of, I would say, seven, right? Uh, you, you can show him a few things, but I'm saying like, that's not your focus. Once he hits eight, then you can really start to hone in on self-discipline, right? You can, you can start to help him w- with that piece. But, but don't, like, don't have a four-year-old trying to teach them discipline about vegetables and, and candy. There's, they, they do not understand the concept. And so if you're not careful, you will end up breaking something while trying to fix something. That ain't what you want to do, Right? I did that before I was I was trying to fix a pipe. Thought I was a plumber. I fixed one thing and then flooded the house. That's, don't do that, <laughs> right? Don't do that with your son. Trying to fix one thing, but you, you break something else that he has to deal with for years, okay? Teach him self-discipline. Here's number four. Do not raise your son to be tough. Don't raise your son to be tough. Like, it's not necessary. And I, you know, I don't know why people don't get this. Well, I guess I know why, because it does, you know, it's probably because it's not talked about. But you don't have to raise your son to be tough. Let me tell you why. Because he's a boy. That's it. He's a boy. So if you raise him, like I said before, if you raise him as a healthy human being, if toughness and whatever you call toughness, is a part of his personality, his DNA, what God gave him, it's already in there. Like, you don't have to teach him to, to you just don't have to teach him to be tough. Because usually what we call tough is not crying. You know, don't cry. That ain't tough. That has nothing to do with being tough. Mental toughness has to do with not folding under pressure, right? It has nothing to do with um, not showing hurt as if showing hurt is weakness. That's and that's the thing that keeps us men stuck. That's what keeps us stuck, okay? So don't raise him to be tough. You love on him, okay? What you need now, I'll do, an, I'll do, another, I'll do another episode where I'm, you know, maybe going to more specifics about some of this stuff, like how to handle your son more specifically. But um, there is a way to raise him so that he has the self-discipline and things like that. He's not a pushover. He's not a... You know, he stands up for himself. But when you intentionally, you know, I got to raise my son to be tough, I can almost guarantee you are going to injure him. I almost guarantee it. Yeah. So number five, teach him to have compassion for people. That's really important, right? So as you're teaching him emotional intelligence and maturity, Teaching him to have compassion for people, that should be, that's going to go right in line. It's like those three work in concert with each other, right? Yeah, but teach him how to have compassion for people because that's going to, that's going to give him a better heart, a better heart for his friendships, a better heart for relationships, for marriage, right? If he has siblings, it's going to help his heart do greater work in the world when you teach him how to have compassion for people. Number six, teach him how to have appropriate boundaries. 
right? You see how how most of this stuff is foundational? And now, oh, let me say this. Uh, pause. Let me say this real quick. As I'm saying teach this and teach that, these are not like, you know, sit down, let me teach you this lesson, and then that's it. This is throughout your parenting. And so when I say teach, uh, number one, I'm mostly, I should, I should replace the word teach with model because I'm mostly saying, number one, model for him. Because you got to model for him how to be the man you're trying to raise him to be. You cannot tell him to be something different than who you are. That will not work. It won't work. Okay. Yeah. They, I mean, they can, they can get a different personality and they'll be a little different. Right. But when I was, when, so when I was, when I was a single parent, um, I had two boys and a girl. I was a single parent. There are certain things that I did not have as a man that when I look back on it, I didn't know I didn't have it, but because I didn't have it, I 1000% see it in my boys now. I mean, the absence of that thing, right? Discipline being number one. I was not a disciplined man in my 30s. I'm struggling to get there now. My children, they're not disciplined. They're not. Now, um, are they more disciplined than me? They may be, they may not be, I don't know. But I know they, don't, they have undisciplined lives. Another thing, I was not emotionally mature. Neither are my children. And I tried to teach them, hey, be this way, be that way. But I'm telling you, you have to model for them what you are trying to get into them. So, yeah, you're going you're gonna to say some things with your mouth. You're going to speak some things into them. But you are mostly going to model these things for them. Right. You're going to model this. And uh, when you when you, uh, you know, when I say teach them how to have appropriate boundaries, model for them how to have appropriate boundaries. Boundaries tell you what's me and what's not me. Right. See, without boundaries, you can't effectively take care of yourself. I grew up I grew up with with injured boundaries and then grew into adulthood with very few boundaries or, or I'm just say, I can say I had no boundaries, but like they didn't work right because of that. I've had identity issues. I've had issues with asking inappropriate questions. I have I've had, I've had issues with sharing inappropriate information. Right. And to me, I'm just being normal because I had no idea that I didn't have boundaries. As a matter of fact, Here's the advantage you have as a young father. If, if, you're, if you're a father of, of a child, you know, like my son who's a newborn, or, you know, a child under four, five, six, and even, you know, even whatever elementary age, the benefits you have is you have access to a whole lot more emotional intelligence stuff, and a, you have access to a lot more of um, how to raise a healthy human being. Okay. Now, I ain't gonna lie. I I still would not trade. I don't think I would. I don't think I would trade. I, I would not want to raise. Just being honest, I wouldn't want to raise a child in this day and age because they have too much access to too much stuff, right? Uh, but I but I believe I could do it. You know, I just have. I would have to learn. I would not be able to do. You know what was done to me, and then what I did raising my children. I, it'd have to be a whole new game. But I'm up for learning it, right? So I don't envy you in that part, but. You have the advantage when, like, you know when I heard the word boundaries? I heard the word boundaries. Wait, hold it. Let me see. 40. I heard, I guess I heard the word boundaries when I was around 30, somewhere between 30 and 32. But I didn't know what it was. And someone just introduced a book to me and I didn't get it. But it was 10 years later. So I was about, that was about 41, 42. 10 years later. I read the boundaries book and my mind was blown. I was like, I had no idea. And I didn't. I had no idea the importance of boundaries. So again, 40 is too old to be learning about boundaries. But see, you have me. I'm telling you now, get your son. I'm not get your son. Uh, help your son have appropriate boundaries so he can know who he is, his identity. Now, how do you help your son have boundaries? This is not necessarily a lesson you teach per se. You model it, but then here's how you guide him. Like, you don't violate his boundaries. If he don't want to talk, you don't make him talk. 
If he doesn't want to hug somebody, you don't make him hug them, right? That's, that's, that's you not violating my boundaries. And that's one of the main ways we violate kids' boundaries when they're young. Let's say, you know, two, three years old, they don't want to hug, they don't want to hug Aunt Betty because for whatever reason in their mind, they don't like Aunt Betty. They, they, they got an intuition. Well, but, but as the parent, you're trying to be nice to Aunt Betty. And so you make the child hug them, or at least try to, and the message that you send the child is, how you feel doesn't matter, do what I say. Injury. Welcome to the world of injury. You just gave them a boatload of them. So don't do that, okay? Help them to have appropriate boundaries by you having appropriate boundaries, okay? And don't, don't, don't minimize the importance of this issue of boundaries. Because listen, let me tell you something. Boundaries, the concept of boundaries and what I'm talking about, it affects almost every area of your life. I'm telling you, don't neglect developing better boundaries so you can model it for your son in real life. Don't, don't, listen, <laughs> work on your boundaries. As a matter of fact, so my book, the favorite, my favorite book, let me just tell you this, Boundaries by Clown, uh, Townsend and Cloud. Excellent book. Excellent book. When I read that book, uh, for a while I was angry at God because I was like, I could have used this in my 20s. Oh, my goodness. It was life-changing. So uh, get that book, learn about boundaries, and then begin to change and model that for your son. Your role, why, why do that? Because your role in his life, your role in his life is not to be his buddy. Your role in his life is not to be uh, his master. Your role is to prepare him for a healthy, productive life on this planet and a relationship with God. That's your role. Your son, although he looks just like you, is not you. He's not your property. This is not a mini me in the sense of I'm going to run his life how I want to. You are going to injure his life like you want to. Like you can't do that. Don't, don't. If you're doing it right now, stop. Just stop. Okay. Well, I don't know what to do. Right. Get your, get, go, get, go get a book. Come see me. Do something. Don't just mess up the, the young man's life because you don't know what you're doing. Like, it's a life. Okay. So, all right. Number seven, your son needs to feel your love. Now, this is important, too. So pay attention to the words that I'm saying. He needs to feel your love, not see your love. I mean, seeing your love is good, but he needs to feel it. A love that I cannot feel, like what good does it do me? What, what good does it do me? For the relationship, let me say that. Let me say that. So if you do something loving for me, I say you do something loving for me, and uh, let's say let's say you pay my rent. Say my rent was due, I don't have it, and you pay it. And we have a relationship. You pay it, but I don't know you paid it. I just know it got paid. So I feel good. I get the blessing of having my rent paid. And I may even think, man, somebody out there loved me. But it ain't going to do nothing for our relationship because I don't know you did it. And so I don't have feelings towards you for what you did for me. In the same way, your son needs to feel your love. His understanding of your love is necessary for him to feel it. So that means at different stages of his life in different areas, he needs to, I mean, you need to parent in a way where he can feel it. So when he's one, you keeping the lights on, that don't do nothing for him. You know that you're, you know, paying bills, paying rent, doing all this stuff because you love him. But it does nothing for him, right? In the same way, how can you make a one-year-old feel your love? Uh, take him to Walmart and let him get a toy. He's going to feel love. 
Now, as an adult, as mature adults, we know that love has nothing to do with toys. But that one-year-old don't know that. So you love him where he is. Okay? Love your son at the level he's at at whatever stage. Right? You love a three-year-old different than you love an eight-year-old. And that's different than you love a 13-year-old. And that's different than you love a 17-year-old. They're all different, but they need to feel your love. And they got to feel your love while at the same time, um, sometimes not liking what you do and say because of the self-discipline thing. Like you have to discipline them. You have to put self-discipline in them. But the love needs to always be there. But here's the thing. It's only until they mature in their childhood. Like, let me, I didn't even think about this part. So I'm going to just do it live on the air because um, I'm not going to edit this out. But what what age, trying to think, at what age is a child mature enough to understand that the pain you're giving them is also love? Because you're telling them that. Like, you know, you're telling a four-year-old, I'm whooping you because I love you. Yeah, that's, I promise you that ain't gonna, <laughs> that's not going to translate. Okay. But... Um, I would say, I would say middle school, I would say like the age of 12, 12, 13. If it's before that, I don't think it's before the age of 10. Uh, And I'm speaking in general, right? In in general. But middle school, then your child can start to understand. uh, I don't like that dad told me no, but I understand it's coming from a loving place. Like he can tell this ain't about, this ain't about harm. This ain't about you know, you're not liking me, right? I just can't do what, whatever, okay? But the point is this. Here's the main point that I'm making. I don't want you to miss it. Love your son at the level that he is at. Like, you don't do love just because you want to do it the way you want to do it. The other person needs to receive it. I try to tell you brothers about that, about your wives. You Like, you want to just do what you want to do for your wife. It's for her. It's not for you. If I'm making you dinner, I don't make you what I like when you hate what I like. That don't make sense. Okay? So love your son at the level that he's at. But why? Because he needs to feel your love. Boys who grow up with the love of their fathers um, are actually more secure in their masculinity than those who are not. As ma- and, and research, so that wasn't research, but research says Boys who are hugged by their fathers, when they grow up to be men, they are more secure in their masculinity because they didn't have to deny who they were to try to please a father who was afraid they was going to turn out gay. Like, what? Okay, anyway. Number eight, teach him about God and God's principles for a successful life. That's important. Teach your son about God and God's principles for a successful life. Why do you want to do that? Because as human beings, we are created. Okay? There is a creator. And he designed life to go a certain way. And he designed us human beings to operate a certain way. And he designed your son with a purpose already built in. And so when you teach your son about God and about the love of God, that's one thing. Like, like that's what's going to carry him through life when your love is no longer necessary or if it starts to wane or whatever happens to y'all's relationship. God's love is what's going to carry him. But then, and, 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 and this is one of those things I wish I would have gotten in childhood myself. Teach him the principles of, of a successful life based on uh, God's principles. So there's, there, let me show, I'm, I'm going to read for you one, one such principle, okay? One such principle, uh, and there are many of them, right? But here's the thing. In order for you to teach the principles, guess what you got to do? You got to be living them too, right? You got to be living the principles. So here's one. This principle is found in Joshua. It's Joshua Uh, First chapter, verse eight, I'll read it to you. It says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. 
Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Right? That's that's what it says. But let me read it. Let me read a different version for you because um, there's this. Uh, I like the way this 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 week reads. Now, this is more accurate. So it says this: This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That means talk about it all the time. Like this, this you should you should always be talking about God's word. Why? Well, keep listening. I'm gonna tell you: This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. So you should be meditating on God's word. Listen, I, that's not for God's benefit. It's for your benefit. Meditate on day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. So now you need to do the word. You need to obey it. Here's why. For then you will make your way prosperous. God didn't say, I'm going to make your way prosperous. You will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. So the prescription is when you talk about the word, when you meditate on the word, and when you do the word, you will make your way prosperous. God don't have to do anything. You're going to make it prosperous and you will have good success. See, I grew up in a, in a, in a situation, religious situation where we pretty much put everything on God. Pray about it, God going to do it. And and the thing about the Bible, it doesn't promote that. Yeah, uh, there, is, there is a lot of things in my life that I need done that I can't do. God has to do it. But then there's a whole lot of stuff that's on my to-do list that God ain't going to ever touch. Right? Uh I heard, I think it was, I think it was, I don't know if it was Myron Golden or, or Darius Daniels who said this, but I like it. Uh, God's not going to do your part and you can't do his. So do your part when it comes to being successful and then teach your son about being successful. Why? Because trying to be successful any other way then what God has already designed is, uh, as Solomon says, vanity. That means it amounts to nothing because you can be a millionaire and miserable on the inside. I, that's not life. I promise you that ain't, that, ain't, that ain't life. And I know some of you say, well, I just want to see. Give me the million dollars. Man, look, <laughs> that's, that's not what you want, okay? So, you want to teach him about God and teach him about God's principles uh, so that he can have a successful life. Okay? All right. Number nine. Teach your son about sex. Mm -hmm. That one, uh, this one I, I, I wanted to make sure I say because sexual... Um, indiscretions, so to speak, like sexual problems. I'm going to say that sexual problems, some of the biggest problems we humans face, but especially men like with, with porn and pornography and, 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 you know, sex addiction and all of that. Teach your son about sex, teach him God's plan and design for sex and warn him about the abuse of sex. So when you teach him about sex, warn him about, you know, pornography and all. And obviously, you know, I'm talking about at the at the appropriate age. But this is one of those things where I say, you know, I don't envy you raising your child this day and age because uh, the age when you have to talk to your child about sex has gotten. It's like in elementary school and I'm talking early years elementary. That's crazy. Why? Because of the access that they have. Like you cannot you can't isolate them from the world. So. You got to teach them about sex earlier than when, you know, well, I wasn't taught about sex, but if I would have been, I wouldn't have had to learn it at this age. Then again, maybe, maybe I would have since, since I was molested, right? Uh, I don't know. Can we plan for molestation? I don't think we could plan for molestation. But anyway, uh, the point is, teach your son about sex. 
so that he can have a healthy sex life. Here's what I've learned. Okay. Now, when I say this, I feel like without, without, with, without giving you all the details of my life, without being, without, without, being an, without being an open book in this area, I feel like I have the authority to say what I'm about to say. Even though you may not recognize the authority, I have it. The reason you don't recognize it is because I'm not going to be transparent and share with everything. But if I could, or if I did, because I can, if I did, and I opened the door and I showed you my past, you you would say, oh, yeah, he he he's earned the right to say this. Like, he's qualified. So anyway, let me just say it. Sex before marriage will harm you. The way God has designed the human being's life to go as it relates to sex is the best way to do life. When you do it differently, number one, you open a door for the enemy to come in and literally just play with your life. But also, when you do it your way, you disrupt a whole lot of things that God had planned for you and marriage that you probably will, well, not probably, you won't experience. God's design for marriage, God's design for life, it's perfect. If we did it that way, the divorce rate would be 0%, and uh, there'd be no porn addiction, right? But that sounds like a fantasy land. It shouldn't be. It should not be, but it is. Okay, so teach your son about sex. Oh, let me give you another uh, thing that I have a right to say as a man with the past that I have. Um, having a lot of sex partners, like if, 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 I guess I'm talking to you now, Father, and you can relate this to your son best way, you know, it works for you. But having a lot of sex partners is not a good thing. It's abusive to your own body. I know it didn't feel abusive, but your body did. Your, your body knows it was abusive and, more importantly, your mind. So imagine a boy coming from, from childhood, not emotionally mature, not emotionally intelligent, um, you know, grows up, uh, and as he grows, his penis grows. And it does what penises do. So it can get hard. And so he can have sex. And so now you have this very, very, very sacred and important act, covenant act, that this little boy with a grown penis is doing with another, with a woman. And now everything that um, on, the, on the emotional and spiritual side that's supposed to happen in marriage is happening with this little boy. And because it's not marriage and because he's not mature enough, his little emotions are going every which way. And then he get out here in the world and women, you know, they weren't raised too much better. And so now he gets hurt. He gets, you know, he gets dumped, all these things. He's going through all of this chaos and it's just a storm. And then one day he decides to get married. Coming to the marriage is I'm going to just say it this way, a bunch of junk that didn't have to be that way had you just been a little bit more disciplined or if you just followed God's plan. So, and I know I'm kind of going on, I may feel like I'm going in circles and I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but I just want to say, teach your son about sex and warn him about the abuse of sex. Okay. That's an ongoing thing when he's, whatever you determine the age, but when he gets there, you need, you need to talk about that. And then the last one is this, right? And the, I didn't put these in any kind of hierarchical order or whatever, right? But teach your son about business. That's, that's I believe in this day and age, and that's the one, that's, I think that's one of the biggest differences between when I raised my kids and this day and age. Although uh, starting a business has been God's plan from the beginning. I'm not going to go all through that, but read the Bible. It's, it's, it's all in the Bible, right? Um, but, but, in this day and age, the way to riches 
or wealth, whichever word, you know, um, you know, whatever fits you. It's by owning a business, by running a business, because businesses solve problems. Every business, every business exists because there was a problem that needed to be solved. Yeah. So teach your son how to run. Don't don't. Now, now this part. This is this is this is not necessarily, uh, you know, this is my opinion. I'm gonna put it that way. This, this part is my opinion. But don't be so focused on your son getting good grades and going to college. Be more concerned about his future after college. And if like if he wants to be a doctor. He got to go to college. If he wants to be, if, if, if lawyer is his desire and like, you feel like that's what God called him, then he got to go to college. But if being wealthy or rich is the goal, so then he can take that money and love people better, right? Serve people. Then college may not be it. It, it, it may not be. So teach your son about business. But again, as with all the others, if you're going to teach your son about business, guess what you got to know? Right. You got to know about business. You feel me? So, so you, you, you know, teach your son about business and uh, you can help that brother create a future that college never would. Now, I'm not anti-college. I'm not anti-college. But had I known back then when I was raising my children what I know now, uh, and see, none of them finished college, but they would, they would have money right now. Yeah. They, they would have money, college or no degree or no degree, but I didn't know. And, 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 and take it from me, me trying to get it to them on the backside, like in hindsight, that ain't, that ain't, it's not going well. So the only way now at this point, I'm going to be able to make them See what I'm saying as far as the value of starting a business is if I take my business to millionaire status. Otherwise, they're going to stay at the mediocrity level. And it's unfortunate because I didn't know what I was doing back then in that area. But they, they, they have been so locked into this mindset that me speaking like riches and business concepts to them it kind of like, it doesn't really get in. So I have to show them. And what the reason I'm telling you that is for your son, especially if your son is young, and to my son who has a newborn son, you can do way better. But son, in order for you to do better with your son, you got to do better for you. Whatever you didn't get from your dad, you got to go get yourself because you haven't been a child in a long time, like you're 27. Okay? So whatever's missing, you know, I think I've apologized as much as I can for the stuff that I didn't do because every every parent does what they know how to do. But at this point, you got to go get it yourself. Why? Because it's your life. God gave it to you to make great. Not me. I did the best I could. I messed up what I, you know, I guess I messed up whatever I messed up. But at the end of the day, you're the one still living it. You want to be a better you so that you can have so that you can do better for your son. And, and, and I'm going to tell you the thing about the thing about, um, having a son, it is a big responsibility. Like raising a human being is a big responsibility. So don't think as a father, your role is just protecting him. And your role is just like, he needs that deep emotional connection with his father. And I need it with his mother too. But more times than not, even when father is there, that deep emotional connection don't really exist. Exist. Now, I believe the Holy Spirit just dropped this on me. Let me say this to, to the men that are listening who don't have or didn't have a father growing up or didn't have that deep connection. And you say, well, how am I going to do that for my son? And, you know, it didn't happen for me. Well, learn it. But. Actually, that's not what I want to address. I want to address this. Just because your father didn't give it to you, just because he wasn't there, whether whether your father left, you know, I have so many clients where their father died when they were young. Maybe your dad died, and so he couldn't be there. 
and you got issues from that. Here's what I want to share with you. It is your responsibility to fix in your life what has been broken. Now, when I say fix it, you might not can fix it yourself, but you can go and get the help. Like if you know, man, I don't know how to deal with this. Learn. I'm telling you, like, don't just sit on the sideline of life crying because, you know, nobody, nobody told you how to put the shoulder pads on. Figure it out and get in the game because I promise you, you'll be 40, 50, maybe even 60, still blaming other people for the way your life looks. And if that's you, go back and look at the first episode, look at, listen to the first episode um, from this season. And hopefully that'll address that. Listen, I hope this was helpful for you guys. And I hope that, uh, you know, I'm serving you well. But in the meantime, in between time, I hope that um, God releases his most ridiculous blessings in your life. Okay. And uh, beyond that, the rest is up to you. Rakim, I say peace.